Man, uh, that was uh, that was just good this morning, wasn't it? Just just sing those songs, and uh, um, if you know anything about me, I, I love um, uh, I love our our band, I love our music, um, and I, I I love the the show. But uh, that was just cool. I sort of felt like I was at grandma's house, and my cousins and uncles were all kind of reading the Christmas story together, and uh, we need a little bit of uh, sim- simply. Christmas. Well, there are two birth stories that are the backstory to Christmas. Two really important figures, their birth stories. You heard the scripture that we read, part of, of Luke 1 there. It's the story of the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus. John the Baptist was sent to be the last prophet for Israel before the coming of the Messiah. Before John, it had been 400 years since the last prophet, Malachi, died. You turn in your Bibles from that Old Testament to the New Testament, from Malachi to Matthew, you just, I know it's like one little blank page and then another little page that says New Testament. You just turned 400 years in your Bible. They call it 400 years of silence. And John was sent, he was actually a cousin, Jesus' cousin, and he was sent to be the, the one who would prepare the way for the Messiah. He would actually eventually baptize Jesus. He would be the one that would draw a crowd from Jerusalem, teaching about the kingdom of God. In fact, he'd be the one that would be the first one to say about Jesus when Jesus came and passed by that crowd. And he got the whole crowd and he said, look, hey, everybody over there, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John was a pretty important figure. And then there's Jesus, fairly important in his own right, right? I mean, he is the guy, the son of God, the word made flesh, the savior of the world, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. But that is at the end of the book. And he had to have an origin story. He had to have a beginning of the book. So if there was going to be a beginning to John the Baptist and a beginning to Jesus, that would mean that the Lord would be looking for two parents for John. And if God was going to be the father of his son, Jesus, a mother for the son of God. And so I want to zero in on those three characters that you read about that we, that had, we had read to us today. The, the characters of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. How on earth do you find the right couple to have the last prophet in Israel? How, where do you even start looking to find the young girl who is supposed to be the mother of the Son of God. You ever thought about that? There's a lot of people on earth. Should they come from the right family? Should they have like, the right kind of skills or talent? Should they, um, should they be successful? Should they have money? Should they, um, should they have a look to them, right? I mean, do, do you just be like, she looks like she could be the mother of the Son of God. I mean, what is it? Are they influential? If God were looking today, would he be looking for a social media influencer? 
It turns out it had much less to do with all the stuff we often look for on the outside. And it was what God was looking for on the inside. So I want to highlight a few verses that speak to this about both Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary because what God was really looking for in all three of them was the same thing. Verse 6 said this. Let me just kind of go back over it. You may have, as you heard it, I don't know if it stuck out to you. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. They were righteous. They were blameless. They were holy. There was something good in them. There was, I mean, they were the kind of people who you would say, yeah, if God was going to use somebody, he'd use them. I mean, yeah, Zechariah and Elizabeth, blameless, holy, righteous people. Something about them. And then it says something very similar about Mary. Listen to what the angel said about Mary uh, in verses 28 and 30. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Favor in the the Greek word that's, that's used there means Uh, charming, graceful, delightful, merciful, virtuous. Same thing. She was righteous. And and so here's what I would say about these these two backstories and these three characters is that they all had something called character. There's something good in them, something true in them. Isn't character a funny word? Like some of you are probably going to visit some family and you're going to tell your kids or you're going to be like, you know, hey, listen, you know, when aunt so-and-so, when you see uncle so-and-so, you know, just take him for a grain of salt. He's a real character, right? (laughs) She's a character. But I don't think that's the kind of character. It's funny how we use that word. But when we say that someone has character, it means something different that there is something rooted in them. And these characters, these characters who had characters, Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary, they are the background to the Christmas story. But without them, without their character, without whatever was on the inside of them, Christmas would have looked a lot different. I mean, you say, well, what's the big deal, right? God would have found another couple to have the last great prophet in Israel. True. I mean, I don't think it hinged on Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's just that my grandmother's name was Inez Elizabeth. And everybody called her Inez, but my granddaddy, he called her, he yelled across the house, Elizabeth. And I guess her name would have been Inez something else. Not major characters, but it would have changed some things for me. And I'm sure, listen, If Mary had said no thanks or if Mary had not been the kind of girl that would be the kind of girl that would be the mother of the Son of God, I'm sure God could have found some other young virgin girl who had character, who had uh, this gracefulness and had found favor with God. I'm I'm sure God could have found someone else. But that means every girl and woman that you know who is named Mary or Maria would be named something else. Like, what do you think they would? What do you, what do you think she would have been named? Give me a name. 
Judy. And every Christmas, you turn on your radio to 96.5. Judy, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Judy, did you know? It wouldn't quite have the same ring, does it? You know, I got good Judys in my life, but things would have been different. The biggest thing is that Zechariah and Elizabeth and Judy marry. They would have missed out, right? Zechariah and Elizabeth would have missed out on their part in the story. Mary would have missed out on her spot in the story. And I think God wants you and I to have a spot in the story. Because I don't think God is done moving with this book. In fact, I think God is still moving on earth. I think the Holy Spirit is still searching the earth, looking for people to reveal the story of Jesus in this book to a lost, hurting, and broken world. I believe that the light still needs to shine in the darkness. And you've got a spot, and you've got a spot, and you've got a spot, and I've got a spot, and I don't wanna miss my spot. I don't want there to be someone else to take my spot at what God wants to do in me and through me, and I don't want you to miss yours. Just like Zechariah had a role, and Elizabeth had a role, and Mary had a role, I've got a role, and you've got a role. So today we're going to dig in. I want to ask one question, and then I want to take a lesson from each of these kind of two birth stories, and then give you a take home that is a challenge, something that has been challenging me. All right, so here's the question I want you to be thinking about today. Are you ready, if God's ready, to do something through you? Let me ask that again. Are you ready, if God's ready, to do something through you? I mean, so many people are like, oh, I just want to see God. I just want to see a move of God in my life. I just want to see God do something. And what I would just want to ask you is, um, like, if he's ready tomorrow morning, are you ready? Like, do you have the kind of character that Zechariah and Elizabeth had? Do you have the kind of character that you would find favor with God that Mary had? Are you ready if God's ready? Because I think God is still roaming the earth looking to move. Are you ready, if God's ready, to do something through you? These two uh, examples teach us something about being ready for God to do something. Here's what Zechariah and Elizabeth teach us. Character wins in the end. Zechariah and Elizabeth were well along in years. That's a real nice way of saying they were old, right? They were old. They were, I love that. Maybe, maybe, maybe Luke was friends with Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's just, I just hate to write it, right? They were well along in years. They were seasoned, experienced. They were old. They were old and they had been praying for years to have a child, but they had been childless. They had been praying for God to do something in their life. Zechariah had been a priest. I mean, he had dedicated his life to service of the Lord and year after year, they had been faithful to God to be blameless and to be righteous, and God had not yet delivered. Can we just name something? It's hard to stay faithful when you're waiting on God year after year after year after year. 
Amen? When you're single and you keep praying for that right spouse and you keep having like terrible first date after terrible first date and terrible relationship after terrible relationship, it's harder and harder to stay faithful, right? When you're praying for a child, when you're praying for a job, when you're praying for things to finally reconcile in your family, when you're praying for something to happen, when you're praying for a loved one to come to Christ, when you're praying for something, when you're hoping for something that you know is right and true and good and you are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and you're trying to do the right thing, it is hard to stay faithful and righteous and blameless while you're waiting. And sometimes you can kind of have this thought, well, what good is this doing? I've been trusting, maybe I should do it my own way. Maybe I, should, maybe I should go out on my own. And sometimes you ever had people tell you, like, why are you so faithful to God? What's he ever done for you? Why don't you just live it up? Why don't you just party it up? Why don't you just have fun while it lasts because it looks like that's getting you nowhere? Why do you go to church? Why do you keep reading your Bible? Why do you keep praying? Why do you keep trusting? What God, what's God ever done for you? And here's what Zechariah and Elizabeth would tell you. If that's you, they'd say, hey, hey, come on, come on, come on. Keep waiting and keep trusting because character wins in the end. And some of you, some of you are thinking about, isn't it amazing how you can throw away decades of faithfulness and obedience with one rash decision. Isn't it funny how you can destroy a reputation with one rash decision? And some of you are tired of waiting on God and you're tired of being faithful and you think, why hasn't God come through? And what you don't know is that you have no idea the morning you're gonna wake up and God says, Today's the day Zechariah had gone to that temple a billion times, but the one time that it mattered most was the time that he had been faithful for all those years, and God said, Zechariah, I'm ready. Are you ready when God's ready to do something through you? Zechariah and Elizabeth would tell you, don't throw it away. Keep trusting, keep waiting. One of my favorite stories and one of my favorite books, a book called Axiom, and uh, it's, a, it's really a story about ministry leadership, and, and it tells the story of, here of a young pastor who's telling his story uh, who has, been, has grown a really successful youth ministry at a church, but it has been really difficult, and uh, especially the last couple of years. And it's a story about how he's resigning from the church, and uh, I, love this, I love this story that he tells. About a week before he's to resign, he goes to lunch with an older church member who had kind of been a member of him. And uh, he says, that this is what, he asked him, uh, well, tell me about your resignation. The guy was a good friend, knew he was stepping away. And uh, he said, well, I told him of my plan to shoot really straight and explain what was broken in the church and how frustrating it had been to try to build a strong youth ministry in a weak church. And he was like, I had dialed up this resignation letter, and I was going to tell it like it was. You ever crafted that email? You ever typed out that post? You're going to tell it like it is. And his mentor looked at him, and he said, I cannot urge you strongly enough to take the high road on Sunday. 
bless what you can bless, thank everyone you can thank, cheer on what is appropriate to cheer on, and be done with it. And I love this now. I feel like this is Zechariah saying this. I love this quote. Listen to this. I am an old man now, and never once have I regretted taking the high road. Well, I feel like Zechariah would say that. I'm an old man. Keep taking the high road. Keep digging it. Listen, character wins in the end. Keep on keeping on. Mary teaches us something too, doesn't she? Character not only wins in the end, character counts from the start. It counts from the start. I, I, most scholars, I mean, most scholars believe that Mary was somewhere around 14 or 15 years old. I want you to just think about that. Zechariah and Elizabeth were old. Mary is 14 or 15. Character counts from the start. So if you are a student, if you are a young adult, and you are thinking that I will, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to wait on God, I'm going to, God will do something when I'm older. I'll grow up. I, I'll, you know, grow up before you grow deep. Just remember that if you were 14, 15, 13, 16 years old, that Mary was giving birth to the Son of God while you're playing Xbox. Because she had found favor with God. What are you doing? You think you're 13, 14, 15, God doesn't want to do something with you? You think you're 21 and single and God doesn't want to do something with you? You think you're 25 and single again and God doesn't want to do something for you and you think it's the adults? Listen, character counts from the start. What if Mary had not been ready? Character counts from the start. What are you doing right now? Not for God to move in your life when you're 30, not when you're 40, not when you're 70. What are you doing in your life right now to dig in deep, to grow deep roots, to put the the right people around you to start the right habits for God to move in you when you are 15. A 14-year-old girl changed the world. Maybe God wants to change it again through you. Character counts from the start. And listen, if you're young, if you can't tell us old people, we need some help. We're not doing so good with the world. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a 15-year-old. Maybe it's a 16-year-old. Maybe it's a 23-year-old. Character wins in the end, and a lifetime of faithfulness and righteousness matters, but it also counts from the start. So teenagers, what are you doing to develop habits? What are you doing to dig into the kind of life, the kind of relationships that are going to help you have the right kind of character right now? Parents, what are you doing to help build that in your kids? Because character counts from the start. You have no idea 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 18-year-old, what God wants to do in you and through you right now. Not one day, right now. Character counts from the start. And both of these serve as a powerful backdrop to a really profound message in the Christmas backstory. Your character will carry the weight of your calling. If your character is too flimsy, 
it, it won't be able to withstand what God wants to, it to do in your life. If your character is too shallow, it won't be deep enough for God to move in your life. If your character is, is, too, uh, is too fragile, it will break under God's call in your life. Here's what I know to be true. God wants to do something in you. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. And it's more than folding clothes or going to work or bussing around kids or going to class or selling whatever it is you sell. It's more than the stuff you do. You have a purpose. God wants to do something through you. And what will matter most to you finding that purpose will not be how successful you are, how much money you have, the skills and the talent that you have. What will matter most is how deep your character is, your obedience, your faithfulness, your eagerness to say, here I am, Lord, yes, send me. Your character will carry the weight of your calling. And if it's not as deep as you want it to be, or you say, man, Carter, I've made some mistakes, today's a great day to start over. Today's a great day to start over. The good news is that this baby Jesus that came, came to make all things new, and that includes you. So whatever you've got in your past, this Christ grew up to die a death on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could start over. And there's no better time than to start right now on this Christmas. But here's what I want you to know. The depth of your character, not the height of your talent, will determine what God does in your life. Don't look around and say, well, I can't do what she does, and I'm not as good as this at what he does. And I do. That's the depth of your character, not the height of your talent, will determine what God wants to do in your life. 2,000 years ago, God wanted to birth a baby named John. And Zechariah and Elizabeth had the character for God to use them. God wanted to birth a baby savior named Jesus. And Mary had the character to birth Jesus. And maybe it's not a baby, but God wants to birth something through you. What is it? Is your character deep enough to carry the weight of your calling? That first Christmas, the world desperately needed the love, hope, peace, and joy of Christmas. The world needed a light that broke into the darkness. And brothers and sisters, I don't know if you can tell, but we live in a world that still needs a whole lot of love, joy, peace, and hope. And more than ever, we need light breaking through the darkness. And God might just want to birth some light in you and through you, in your office, in your neighborhood, in your family. I know this to be true. You have no idea what God wants to do through you. No idea. but your character will carry the weight of your calling.
Mary had no idea until an angel showed up and said, yeah, I've got some plans for you. Great. Law school? Nope. I need you to be the mother of the Son of God. You have no idea. But when God shows up in your life and you feel a heartbeat out of your chest because you know God is moving, make sure that you have done the work to have the character that can carry the weight of that calling. Because, friends, our world needs it now more than ever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and this incredible backstory of the birth of these two men, one great last prophet in Israel and one our Savior. Thank you, Lord, for their example that sometimes we gloss over at Christmas and what it meant for them to have character that could carry the weight of your calling on their lives. Lord, you're calling some of us to do something, even right now. There's some of us that are feeling called to do something, but some of us have no idea, and we're wondering if it even matters. And what my prayer would be, Lord, is that we would today make the decision that whenever you're ready, we're going to be ready. And if we've got some things we need to repent and confess of and get cleaned of, we're going to give that to you, Jesus, because we trust you to do that. If we've got some things, some new habits to start, we're going to do that because we want to be ready when you're ready. And we want to have the character that can carry the weight of the calling you've got on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's been an honor to be with you in worship today, and we have two super